0: So today, our text is going to be the last part of verse 18 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. And our title is going to be The Manner of a Prayerful Life. So as you can see, we're going to continue in this subject of prayer. So I just want to dive right into the text and see what we can learn about a, about a prayerful life, what the manner is. So I'm going to read the beginning of Verse 18 and then we'll look at the last part. But I'm going to start from verse 18, the very beginning. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And the part that we're going to begin looking at is this. To that end, keep alert. And this brings us to our very first point of the day. The manner of a prayerful life hunts for things to pray for. on the hunt. Paul here is saying we are to watch or to be on the lookout over everything and not to be indifferent at all to the world around us, not to be indifferent to the people around us or the things around us. We should always be looking for things to pray about on the hunt, always seeking to find opportunities to pray to our God for his help, for his blessing, for his guidance, for his strength, or just to give him praise with whatever or whoever it is in our life. Now, why, why use the term be on alert or awake or on the hunt for things to pray about? Why is Paul bringing that up in the first place? Why make it so, you know, uh, you know like in flashing lights? Be alert! Why not just say, pray about everything and then move on and hope you get it? Well, one of the main reasons, because again, in the bigger context, is that there are dark forces in the world that are against you that are on a mission to do whatever it takes with whatever it takes to get your mind off and to to get your heart off the focus of Christ and to get it on yourself ultimately to have you not to be alert to those things and to have you focus just on you so that you can pursue sin in your life rather than pursuing the beautiful relationship you have with Christ and and rest in his finished works so that you find your identity and then you draw everything you are from him as you live in this world. See, it's important to realize and remember that no matter how innocent or neutral something seems, I can't stress that enough. This world is under the influence of Satan's kingdom and he will use it all, whatever, whatever it is, so that you become obsessed with his lie. You become obsessed with Satan's lies that he he puts forth in your life. Understand that there is nothing that he won't try to influence or touch in your life. He will use whoever or whatever if you don't keep alert. And to put forth, for example, uh, a, major, a major lie and major temptation that we all face, he will use, use whatever or whoever to put forth, again, this lie or temptation. This is an example that life is all up to you alone that it's up to you to fix yourself, it's up to you to fix the people in this world. Do not think for a moment that you are above such a lie in your life with anyone around you, that you won't begin to think that, that's on you. This world is good at scheming, at ways to make you fall into the trap of carrying the heavy weights and the burden The burdens of of lies that in order for you to advance, in order for you to change, in order for you to have purpose, you must restore, you must fix the people or yourself in your life to, to and the people around you to your standards, to your wants, so that you can be comfortable with yourself as a person and have comfort. That it's solely up to you to not only figure out the how to fix the person or the people or yourself, but it's solely up to you also to execute that fix and to maintain that fix so that it doesn't get messed up and you have to hold on, white-knuckle it. That you alone have to keep things going, that you alone have to make the relationships whole, that you alone must, must maintain a steady progress of just getting better and, and having less and less failures or no failures at all, so that you can have the meaning and have the worth and the value before the people around you and before God. Look what I am doing. To have you strive vainly in the lie In that lie, really, so that you can feel a sense of establishment in your life and have a sense of establishment with others around you and have a sense of establishment before you and God so that, in the end, life becomes all about you rather than what Christ has done on your behalf. See, we must open our eyes and keep alert to what is truly happening around us in this world which is under the influence of Satan. We must be alert to its evil twisted mission, which is to exploit your sinful nature, your flesh, to buy into the line that you have to make it yourself or you have to make yourself into someone who is strong. You have to make yourself to someone who is always on top, someone who is independent of everyone and everything. Someone who refuses to be weak, refuses to admit the helplessness that you you have or that you are, refuses to fail, refuses to admit they can do nothing of true worth on their own. Refusing all of that. And so when you buy into that and believe that and view the world like that, guess what happens? You either give up on life. Because it's just too hard to live that way with those standards with people. And then you end up living frustrated and blinded in a slumber, a defeated slumber. Because it's just too heavy to live like that and you end up doing nothing. Just floundering around. Or the opposite. You end up. Living frustrated, blinded by your anger, because no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you invest in, and how much you're obtaining and trying to run down the path, you end up never really getting anywhere because it just fails all over again. With whoever or whatever. And we just get in this frustration. Either way, you give up or you just live in this vain frustration of just going nowhere. But whatever the case, the world wants to push you down that path of life that's all about you and you alone and what you have done and what you're going to do and what you're doing. It wants you to always keep from resting in the freeing truth that it's finished in Christ in everything in your life. It wants you to forget that you have everything you need already And He freely is giving it to you all the time. He just gives you blessing upon blessing and grace upon grace. It wants you to forget that. Forget that freeing truth of the gospel with all of the distractions of life so that you become not alert to the absolute freeing truth that it's all finished in Jesus for you. So you run to Him in prayer so that he can empower you to live in that freeing truth with everyone and everything. It wants you to forget that wonder so that people in your life then, for example, just, becomes, just become means of establishing your own advancement. Your children, your job, your neighbor, your friends, your spouse. Establishing your own self-worth. With people but it only in the end leads to a never-ending treadmill of exhaustion because life just becomes all about you in the end always constantly looking how am I doing how am I what's going on and life's all about you and not about Christ buy into the lie that life is all about self-improvement which you may not even be able to do because you're too exhausted Or that you strive for, but it just never seems to happen. And you forget that no, life is all about Jesus and the true freedom he gives you. Satan and the world want you not to be alert to that freedom in Jesus, in all things. That you already have in him so that you end up constantly fighting to keep your reputation before men, fighting to have your standards and your ways be the best so you don't lose your value before men, you don't lose your respect before men. Always fighting to make the little world perfect, your little world, on your own, so you can prove that you're not helpless or insignificant as a person before the world. We all do that in some area of our life, fighting to get what we think we deserve, to get what we think we earned, because life is all about, in these areas, or maybe in a big area, life becomes all about justifying your existence. You're not alert to what Christ has already done justifying who you are and what you do, justifying that you do make a difference. You do matter. Why won't that person just see it? Why won't the world, why won't my job just see it? Why won't my spouse, why won't my kids, why won't my neighbors just see it? Why won't people in church just see it? I do make a difference. I am, I do matter. And it's just exhausting to live that way and sinful because then life becomes all about you and you're not on alert and you all have it. We all have it in some part of our life. And that's exactly how Satan wants us to think about our lives with anyone we come in contact with. So we make life all about ourselves and not Christ. Especially when you're in arguments with people because the argument then it's about winning. It's not about being like Christ. It's about you. If we're not on alert, we will end up living in this bondage of justifying our existence in this world. So life becomes all about us and we forget that we have already been justified before our God by faith alone in Christ. We no longer need to be justifying or on this realm of just feeling exhausted, like I can't justify my existence. I can't, or I need to justify my existence. We don't need to do that with anyone or who we are, about who we are in this life anymore. Christ has already done it all. Rather, we just keep alert and remember that all is done for us. So that we live not to get, but to give. So we live not to become something or someone to anyone, but reveal who we already are. We live not to attain purpose with people, becoming the perfect father, perfect mother, the perfect dad, the perfect spouse, the perfect worker, the perfect neighbor. We don't live to obtain our purpose, but to reveal what God's purpose is for the people around us. And we do this all by keeping alert in this world as we watch for things to pray for on the hunt. Which leads us us to our second point, the manner of a prayerful life. We're alert, we're on the hunt, but the second point is then the manner of a prayerful life covers yourself with prayer then. So another way of looking at this phrase, keep alert, in regards to prayer, is that we are to cover our life then in prayer. Cover all that we are in prayer so that we are open to hearing and relying on the Holy Spirit to refresh our hearts and minds of the never-ending treasures and blessings and glories and wonders and power we have in Christ. You have in Christ right now. To be alert through His power to the, to, uh, to the world around us as we go to God in prayer to help us constantly understand that we are truly helpless without Christ in our life as we live in this world. And that's okay, that's a good thing. I can't, Lord, and God says, I can. See, when we're on alert about the truth of the world around us, that it doesn't have our best interest at heart, but rather our destruction, when our prayers are alert to that, we give in to the truth that we are fully dependent upon Christ alone by His grace to protect us, to make the true change that is needed, to make the real difference that matters, to give the world the real purpose, to give the real meaning, to give the best outcome, and that He is the only one to give us the true peace and the hope that we're whole, yearning for in our hearts. Only He can give any of that. The person or the thing you're striving after will not do that. Even saying, well, I just won't care anymore. That won't help you. Only Christ. The more we pray, the more we reveal the dependence we have upon Christ with the very things we're praying about. The more we begin to admit that we truly have no control over anything in this world. No real control to have any meaningful advancement or to, have, or to truly affect those around us in any real positive fashion without Christ. That's why we pray. But with Christ, he can do all this and more through us by his power alone. So that's why we pray to him for all of it. Think of it this way the more alert we are to the horrible reality of the world around us. And the news does a very good job at expressing that. We are to run to the Lord in prayer so that the more consequently then we will remove our gaze from ourself, from our performance, from our works, from our advancement, from our wisdom, from our strength, and we end up leaning and resting in Christ for all those things we begin to have the very opposite effect when we go to the Lord in prayer of what the world wants and what the devil wants from you. The last thing they want for you is to interact with the people around you and yourself and the world, to interact with it all from the truth, from the peace, from the hope, from the unconditional love and forgiveness and favor you have in Christ. To say, I am secure in that. I don't care what you think because I know what my God thinks and I just want to love you. I just want to invest in you. I just want to do whatever I can to help you and if I fail, fail at it, oh well, God loves me anyways and he still loves you. See, because the more we pray, the more our hearts are molded to remember that life is not about you. Life is about honoring and following after Jesus. It's about Him. Because life is no longer about not failing, not losing. It's not about winning or being right. But rather, life becomes solely about glorifying God and enjoying Him forever with whatever comes our way. And being alert in our prayers Or prayer generally is one of those primary means in which we live that way. Because prayer reminds us that we're in God's loving hands. It reminds us that we we wonderfully belong to Him now as His beloved children. Nothing will take that away. Not even our stupid choices. Prayer reminds us that we have already won in Christ by faith in Him alone. And God's great purpose now is being accomplished through us, through you, in whatever circumstances you face, even if we fumble and trip and get all messed up in the process. Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out, I pray to the Lord, I cry out to the God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. It's all about him. That's the wonder of prayer. But, (laughs) but, this is hard to remember when things are tough. When prayers seemingly go unanswered and things seemingly get worse and worse. Which is why Paul says in verse 18, pray with all perseverance. Paul says we must remember to endure, to continue to press on by faith in Christ and pray to Him, remembering and believing that God does hear us and He is answering us with answers that only benefit us in Him even if we don't see it in the moments in our life or see it in the years to come in our life. He is answering Paul says, keep praying with all perseverance and covering yourself with prayer and don't stop. Think of it this way: Satan and this world wants to fuel and help and help you, very easy, like what with a big smile. Help you entertain the doubts of our sinful flesh that God does not hear your prayers. That and that is why whatever you are praying about is never changing or does not change and maybe even getting worse. He's not paying attention. Satan and the world's goal is to discourage you, to exhaust you from constantly praying and have you believe that it's no good to constantly bring up that thing because nothing seems to be changing anyway. Satan wants to build that mindset within you so that you move on, give up, leave it alone, become apathetic, become defeated, and end up doing things your own way because God doesn't seem to be answering at all. And what happens then when we give up on praying about that one thing, we give into the lie that God's not doing anything about it at all, it has this ripple effect that happens then in our life when we... And we begin to see prayer as not very useful because we're not getting the answer we want right now. Instantaneous. Amazon Prime it now. Where is my package, Lord? Where is that gift? I don't see it. It's late. I'm returning it. That's the attitude that he wants, that Satan wants. Satan jumps at the chance to say, you know what? Do it on your own. God doesn't have time for your petty problems, or you would have fixed it, right? You would have fixed it by now. I mean, He's powerful enough, and yet He doesn't answer. Seems to me like He doesn't care about such issues you're asking Him. So just take care of it yourself, and you'll be just fine. Which never is just fine. We just end up falling into sin. Because guess what? And then soon, life again become centered all around us, doing things our own way, finding hope in ourselves and living for our own glory and not for the Lord because we don't go to him in prayer anymore. I mean, maybe we'll do it at a Bible study and maybe we'll do it before we travel somewhere, but that's it. The rest of life is about you, not Jesus. Don't go to God. Don't go to God in prayer anymore because it's kind of useless. Which again, life then is just all about you and not Jesus. Which is what Satan wants to, wants from you. To exhaust us by living in fear or dread or anger or worry. And forget about there's a peace that goes beyond understanding. No, no, don't focus on that. But Paul says, keep going in the Lord in prayer with all perseverance. Even when the same prayers that are seemingly Going unanswered, just keep going to him with them. Because things do change when you go to the Lord in prayer. Even if you don't see it immediately in your circumstances, change does happen when you go to God with the same thing over and over again. This is what the change that happens. And it's irrelevant of your circumstances or outcomes in life. The change that always happens, it's actually happening within you. The change is happening in your relationship with God. And the change is this. That seemingly unanswered prayer that you bring to the Lord persistently becomes a tool in your life. A tangible tool in your life that drives you closer and closer to your Savior so that He can open your heart to be molded more and more into His heart and view the world according to His ways and to rest in Him. See, that unanswered prayer, which we all have. have I have a bunch of them. They are tools that brings our heart closer to Him by removing the self-reliance from us because it says, you can't do it. It removes that self-power of saying you used to bench press yourself out of that one, now you can't bench press this. It removes the control. You're like, I used to be able to do things, and you can't. I can't change this and become so heavy because you want to change it, but you can't. It becomes a tool in, in prying that gunk out of your heart so that we begin to stop finding peace and hope and joy in ourselves saying, we can't produce it. And a sweet fellowship happens, if you will, because because you can't help but admit that your utter dependence upon Christ and how truly helpless you are without Him in these unanswered prayers. And only He can change the situation at all, and you can't. And so you end up then Seeing that you can only find true peace, true joy, true hope in Jesus alone, and nothing else can give you that. Or we mature, as Paul puts it in Philippians 3 3, mature in having no confidence in the flesh, but Christ alone. Prayer itself prompts this dependence upon Christ when we look at the cross. And our unanswered prayers do this even more so because it promotes nothing but dependence upon Him. So Paul here is telling us to go to Jesus by faith persistently with our prayers for ourselves and all things so we can fight the temptations in our life, remove the sins in our life, and bring us through the hardships in our life and to help us glorify Him with all the good things in our life. So we can make life all about him and we can rest in him and rely upon him all the more rather than making life about ourselves. Now then, with all this in mind, Paul says something fascinating here. One other thing at the end of verse 18, which brings us to our last point. The manner of a prayerful life covers others with your prayers. Paul says in verse 18, making supplication for all the saints. So on the outset, right, Paul here is saying for us to pray for other Christians. Seems straightforward, even for us to be alert and persistent with all perseverance, praying for other Christians, just like we would pray for ourselves. Simple enough. But what's fascinating here, and to put it bluntly, it's that, is this. It's crazy in my mind. Is that your prayers matter to God in his dealings with other Christians? That is an incredible truth. Why? Why? Why would that why is that so incredible? Understand this. God interacts, it's this God interacts with us by his grace alone. That's it. You have no say as to what God does for you or anyone else. He is the creator and ruler over everything, over all of creation, and He does what He pleases without you. Psalm 115, verse three says this, "Our God is in the heavens, He does all as He pleases." Or Daniel, which is more blunt, Daniel 4:35 puts it like this: "All the inhabitants is meaning you. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing." Hmm, nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. He's like, well, what about, what about, pfft, no, I do what I want. And no one can say to his hand, no one can stay, to, stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? So understand, God does not need your counsel, does not need to listen to you. And in fact, he doesn't need you at all. If you were never born, it would, he would be perfectly fine. He is sufficient in and of himself, unlike you and me, who are in need of everything, and we are completely insufficient in everything without him. Yet, out of his grace, which is great, out of his grace from what we can see in this text, he does listen to our prayers, and he uses our prayers to affect other Christians around the world and in our life. This should be humbling for us. Because what Paul is saying to every single Christian in this room, online, wherever, he's saying that no matter your stage of life or maturity in the faith, no matter what sin you're struggling with, Paul is saying that God graciously somehow, according to His grace and His sovereign way, uses your prayers to bless people and to build His kingdom by grace alone. Think how purposeful and meaningful your prayers then become. I mean, think how purposeful you as an individual are now as you live in this world. You have this amazing privilege and extraordinary calling upon you to pray for other Christians in this world, and your prayers for them have eternal significance That will make a difference in their life. You, a nobody. Well, probably the person next to you doesn't even, probably doesn't want to hear your opinion about things. But God says, yes, you exist, your purpose. No matter where you are, what you're doing, no matter how big of a mess up you think you are, God says, I have a purpose for you. Pray. I mean, let's get real for a moment and seeing how awesome this is and why this should matter to us and our lives and drive us then all the more to pray. I mean, this means as long as we exist in this world, if you are alive and conscience, if you're breathing, you get to wake up every day knowing that Christ is alive, you are fully forgiven, you're no longer condemned but free. And God is giving you this amazing privilege to be used by him in in an eternal significant way, to be a blessing to the Christians you know, and bless those Christians who you don't know in person, but know of, and be a blessing to those Christians who you know exist somewhere out there, but you'll never know them by name or in person on this side of eternity. God blesses you and blessed you so that you so that he will use your prayers to bless them and strengthen them and encourage them. Prayer then becomes another avenue or is one of the many ways we realize our purpose in Christ as we live in this earth. You have so much pur- purpose here now that you are in Christ. You uh, more, you have more purpose than you realize in being a person of prayer is one of those amazing privileges why you're still alive today. For we are to rely upon Jesus for everything by faith alone and our prayers to help us, right? To to, To live that way. But we're also then to pray that same thing for our brothers and sisters in Christ for them to do the same, to rely upon Jesus all the time. So what does this mean then? What does all this mean? I want to sell a lot here today. It means that we need to understand that we are in a spiritual battle every day against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We must never forget this so that in turn we remember that our only defense and their only defense is to rely, rely upon our Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything. One person said, nuclear wars cannot be won with rifles. Likewise, satanic wars cannot be won by human energy. So we must rely upon Jesus alone and praying with alertness and perseverance. And realize that that's one of the ways we can encourage and be encouraged and encourage others. As they live in this world and as we live in this world, go to the Lord in prayer. And I know that sounds like a huge responsibility. I mean, praying for yourself seems like a lot. I mean, we have this never-ending list. And then putting on other brothers, Christians, and sisters in the world, and they never under uh, never-ending lists. I mean, how can anyone accomplish such a task? I mean, that's a lot to carry. I mean, this statement is for us to do. But who can do this? And the answer is Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, because Christ has lived the life we couldn't live, you know, He died the death that we deserve, came back to give what we couldn't could not earn. Christ has obtained all the promises for us, and He's achieved them now for us, and freely gives them to us by faith alone. So, what this means, and on top of all the all the, everything else that He gives us, He also blesses us, blesses us now unconditionally on how and what and when and who to pray for as we go to him by faith. He is our guide so we don't become overwhelmed with anything. He will sustain you, promote you, and give you the words needed all by his power, all alone through faith in him. Because of what Christ has done for us, he is not only our guide in life, but he is also our guide and perfecter in our prayers, and he has given us the Holy Spirit to guide guide us in this. See, this expectation of prayer given in verse 18 is meant to have you and I realize that we can't do any of this on our own, but we are in need of a Savior to empower us to do so. Because remember, God demands perfection in all things, including our prayers for each other and ourselves. And so we are to run to the only perfect one who has done such things for us and attributes them now to us by faith in Him alone. And that perfect one is Christ. And by relying upon him then, we will begin to pray the right way and rightly for ourselves and others and have a sweet fellowship with him by faith alone in him, because it's all done in him. So I'm going to ask the deacons to come forward. You can pray with, pray with them if you'd like. Pray up here. Pray wherever you are. But I would just want to give an encouragement If there's any struggles, just go to the Lord in prayer. And if you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to pray to him right now and ask him into your life. So let's now go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for what you have done. God, I pray we can be all more encouraged to continue to pray. That it's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just hearing others pray, but we will pray. And Lord, that we will see our magnificent purpose that we have. In praying, that when everything else just seems like chaos, we can know that, you know what, I'm still here and I'm going to pray. And may we be encouraged in that and rest in the finished works of your Son to know that you hear us, you will bless us, and even if we don't know what we're saying, Lord, your Holy Spirit comes in and fixes it. What you're after is our heart. Our heart's reliance upon you and prayer reveals that and reminds us of that. We pray this, Lord, in your son's name. Amen.